The Welsh Wire, where talent and business connect in West Michigan. The Welsh Wire features moderator Mike Rogers and professional recruiting expert Sherry Welsh in this weekly podcast. Listen in as leaders from a wide array of small to mid-sized West Michigan companies weigh in and share their experiences and insights on a variety of business topics, including employee retention challenges and recruitment success stories. Hi, this is Mike Rogers with another great Welsh Wire conversation. Now, here's Sherry Welsh. Hello and welcome to the Welsh Wire. We're glad you could join us today. Sherry Welsh, your host. I'm at Welsh and Associates, an executive search firm in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And we do the Welsh Wire to talk with really cool guests. And we've got one today. I should mention too that our podcast is today is also being shown on the Family Business Alliance Network. We co-produce some of our shows for the Family Business Alliance. We enjoy our work with them and the members. We are a family-owned business. We know many of our listeners are too. And, um, and today we've got a wonderful, really cool guest with us, also a Family Business Alliance member, a family-owned business, Welcome to the show, Shannon Cohen. Shannon owns Shannon Cohen, Inc. and is going to tell us all about her new project. Not that new, but kind of new. The Rockstar Woman Movement. Shannon, welcome to the Welsh Wire. Thank you so much, Sherry. It is an honor and a delight to be with you. Hey, the pleasure is all ours. I can't wait to hear more about your story. So when to get things started, Shannon, can you tell us a little bit about you, uh, your background, and how Shannon Cohen Inc. was born? Absolutely. I'm actually wearing one of our branded shirts today. We are hope dealers. Um, we are hope dealers in the earth. As That's the quickest summation I can give about our business, but an extended and expanded Um, bio for us is we curate spaces, products, and experiences to nourish the souls of everyday leaders that lead, love, and serve in transformational ways. And so that happens through three pillars in our business. The first is we have an inspirational product line that we've had for six years. We just celebrated the sixth anniversary of. We have a licensing agreement with American Greetings. So we have products that have gone into Target stores on our own. We've gone into Meyer stores nationwide as well as West Elm. So we love taking, you know, bite-sized messages of inspiration and strategy that people can take into their homes and marketplaces. So that's one pillar of the business. We also do, um, I travel a lot doing um, keynotes and in-services for companies that are really thinking about life and leadership at the intersection of three things. That's emotional intelligence, psychological safety, and equity. So people are thinking about how do we invest in the well-being of our team and understanding that we need to make those investments in a way that is culturally expansive. Yeah, right. All of the people that call our organizations their work homes. And then love that. Our newest um, initiative, which you said newest, it's about five, we're turning five this year, is the Rockstar Woman Movement. So it started as an epic annual one-day event designed to bring together women who lead, love, and serve in transformational ways and to pour into them with the same intensity that they often lead, love, and serve at home, in their marketplaces, and in civic spaces. Oh, wonderful. So much to unpack in your story there. Tell us, how many years have you been in business now with Shannon Cohen, Inc.? 
So it's, I love that question. I started, and I can remember because I started my business initially, our first iteration was when I was finishing graduate school and we were getting married. My husband and I were getting married. And I was like, hey, in addition to saying I do, saying I do to this business idea. <laughs> he said yes. And so we are celebrating. I want to do. Yes, a lot of I do in 2009. So coming up <laughs> on 14 years of I do and 14 years of we did and <laughs> jumping into that is wonderful. Wonderful. And you know what? You and I have some things in common, too. As we were chatting about backgrounds, I learned that your grandfather had a family business, but it was not succeeded to the next generation. My grandfather had a business, too. And if I remember correctly, the business was in Detroit. It was. Both of my grandparents owned an auto collision shop and it wasn't their first business. It was their reimagined business. So you have to imagine my mother was in her 40s. Their their children were um, well out of the home. They were grandparents at the time and it was an opportunity for them to launch a dream of their heart. And so they both launched an auto collision shop on the west side of the city of Detroit and used their business for social good. Um, and I grew up as the unpaid apprentice in there in the business. And so I watched my grandparents um, employ people that were deemed unemployable, specifically men that left the community as teenagers and young men um, fought in Vietnam, were impacted by Agent Orange and came back and were deemed unemployable. Um, and then they also employed people that were a part of the great migration, specifically Black Americans that were migrating from the South North looking for um, improved opportunities. So my grandparents were my first example of, you know, what we now look at as B Corp organizations and systems, people that have a triple bottom line or how do we not only um, do good and that mean profit, but do good, meaning societal impact. Right. That's so, you know, really. They were the original hope dealers, weren't they? I mean, absolutely. You coined you coined the phrase, so to speak, in your business. But what they started, they were dealing in hope right back then, right for for all sorts of people coming in and looking for places to plug into the economy and to earn a living and um, get their feet underneath them solidly financially. Good for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. My grandfather was also a pastor. He's still living. He's 93. My grandmother oh, had away when I was 14. But I, you're right. I saw them use this intersection of faith, business ownership, and, and justice to guide how they made decisions and how they moved through the earth as from how they chose for supply chain to hiring. And so those same principles, you're right, those seeds of what it looks like to be a hope dealer in a business being one vehicle for being one absolutely was seated by them for sure. Right. That's great. Well, you know, my grandfather's story is not nearly that inspiring. He owned a dry cleaning business with his brother and he sold it. And when I was little, I didn't get to work in it. He was already, you know, sold his business and retired. But, you know, there's something about that entrepreneurial spirit that kind of is in our DNA, right? It's in yours and probably inspired you, even though you didn't realize it at the time. And certainly I would say in mine too, because even my father and my mother were entrepreneurs. So you get that. And what I think is really interesting about your story right now is that your husband is in the business with you. And also you have intentionally introduced your son into your business, Shannon, teaching him about entrepreneurship at a very young age, because your son is, how old is your son right now? 
He is nine. He is in the third grade. And absolutely, you know, you said something, Sherry, that resonates with me. I do believe that gifts flow through families. And mm-hmm. so see that lineage connection to entrepreneurship is really critical. I think it's one of the reasons why one of the motivations for us to be members of the Family Business Alliance is because while my grandparents owned that business and they operated it for about 15 years, there was never a conversation around succession. I don't think any of their children you know, wanted to inherit the business. After all, their children were in their late 30s to early 40s when they launched. But Yeah, I, they had their own careers and their own lives at that point. Yeah. Absolutely. But I yeah. look at my son and I always tell him gifts flow through families. And so I've been looking for the intersection between what does he love to do? What is he interested in? And what are some ways he can use the business as an incubation space, as a playground to discover purpose and to tap into life at the intersection of joy and purpose? I love that. Well, I, I I bet he's got a very bright future with you. I will tell you, my son is in the business with me today, right? Something that I did not see coming and I didn't nurture it as intentionally as you did. But again, something about those gifts flowing through families, something about in the DNA, he picked up on it right away and did enter the business with me as well. So um, I think our businesses will succeed just fine right down the road when it's time for us to step away. That's pretty exciting. So um, I'm sure that you hope someday that he will be able to take over and run things and um, just as wonderfully as you are. You know, I have this there is that desire. I think there's always, you know, some aspect of the business right now. He has been the face of every one of our product catalogs. And that stemmed from when he was little, he was my first model, um, unintentionally. So, but people love him. So he is, we call him our chief marketing officer. When I do a video, when he does a video, visibility is way different. And so I'm really excited for him to explore and discover. I think we get glimpses of purpose when we're children and gift to be able to have a business where he can, you know, it's an incubator for his innovation and for, and for young people, we do a paid apprenticeship for young girls that are between six to 12th grade, specifically focusing on black and brown girls. Cause I had my first business idea at the age of 12 and my mother was an angel investor. So I think that we, as business owners, we get the opportunity to use our businesses to do good. Yes. Yeah. Totally agree. One way, one young person that I hope will grow and glow through the work that we do. Right. Really. Yeah. Really inspiring story. And appreciate you sharing that with listeners, too, so that, you know, that any that have really, you know, young children, they're first generation business owners and have young children. What I hear you saying is it's not too early to get them started. Right. To help them catch fire for being that next gen to run the business. That's really great. So let's go back in time to twenty nineteen. You started something in 2019 called the Rockstar Woman Movement, right? Wasn't that the year that it was kind of launched? And tell us a little bit about how that was born. Yes, Sherry. It started as a brunch before it's evolved into a movement. But I that movement was really born out of a unique disrest, un- unrest. I was, you know... I was going to women's networking events as a business owner and found myself frustrated, frustrated when I would look around the room at women, but yet all of the vendors, the supply chain for women's events would be all men. 
or they would only be white women owned businesses. And I'm like, but there's this, you know, we are this pluralistic space. Why doesn't that look reflected in, you know, supply chain, the gifts, the gifts were boring. You know, I didn't need a <laughs> stress ball or another blank tote with, you know, just the vendor logo. I wanted swag that would be inspiring. That would keep the message of that moment. Totally. All be after the event. And then it was, I, I grew weary being the only person that looked like me in this space. Um, we often don't think about when I feel 100% comfortable in a room, who doesn't? And so I started to bundle all of this. And I've always been the person that said, I've always had a bet on her energy about my own ideas. And so I reached out to some friends. I was going to do an event um, at a really small bookstore locally and thought, oh, you know, I'll just, I'll put this unrest into doing something about it. And my friends were too small. So the year first year we went to city flats and we sold out. We had 211 women. It was multiracial, multi-ethnic, multi-generational. I said, we're on to something and we've grown steadily. The next year COVID happened. And so we had to switch to being virtual. Our event, um, I'll never forget the day the governor declared that we needed to shelter in place one day after I had met with the executive chef at the JW. And so we had to reimagine. And in reimagining, we went global. We had women that were coming from other states and other countries, and that has progressed. And so this year, we're planning for 850 women um, to be with us this year. So I'm super excited about that. Is yeah, the evolution. Yeah, that is so exciting. And I think what's impressive too, is not just the numbers, but the demographics, mm-hmm. Shannon, because you shared some information with me and maybe share that with our listeners too, about the demographics of the folks that attend, the women that attend this. Mm-hmm. That's powerful because if we think about it, relationship capital is just as poignant as fiscal capital. You know, we want to build Agreed. relationships and we want to build them across you know, discipline across industry, across space, about across lived identity and intersectional identities. And so that starts with design, how you design a space. So it's a reflection of my expertise around emotional intelligence, psychological safety and and equity. How do we design for belonging from the onset and make it fun? You know, what is make it make it really fun. And so we've brought all of those elements together and I'm just really excited. I don't see many rooms like what we've cultivated through the Rockstar Woman movement. Right. No, I, I would agree with that. When I looked at your demographics, I thought the very same thing. And that's not easy to do. It, it really isn't easy to do, but you've done it well. You've done it with intentionality and clearly it works. I mean, it's a room I can't wait to be a part of. I would have been part of it before, but I just heard about it. But I get to be part of it this year. And I'm really excited about that, too. So you have seen really explosive growth over the past several years, which, again, is something you should be so, so proud of. You make it look really easy. You tell the story with such enthusiasm. But Shannon, we know that nothing good comes easy, right? There have got to have been some obstacles or challenges along the way. Those are the things that can make us stronger. And those stories that that you'll share with us can really help our listeners and inspire our listeners. So can you tell us some of the things you faced as you sought to grow that movement and how you overcame some of those challenges and obstacles? 
Absolutely. Last year, outside of year one, was the first year we were able to have more people in the room than outside of the room. Oh, and that's a whole different thing. Completely different. Because your first event, what did you tell me, was like 300 or something? Just shy of 300. And so then when you think about user experience, you think about user design. How do you design an experience? That is dynamic for people that are viewing it and, you know, as, as equally dynamic for people that are viewing it as those that are in the room. And yeah, so, it, that is very yeah, challenging, very, very challenging. challenging, especially as people are starting to be over, you know, kind of virtual spaces and wanting to gather in real time together. So those were some of the, you know, it was like crisis conundrum and then, you know, reimagining possibilities that we've had to do over three out of the five years that we've been in existence. Mm -hmm. So multiple challenges for reinventing. So how, how do you get through that successfully? Because you did, what did you do uniquely to help you weather those challenges? Was it just, did you, did you pull a team around you? Did you just work to think different? I mean, what specifically did you do to get through all of those pivots? One of the things I, as I think about that question, Sherry, one of the unique elements that we introduced was a brunch box. So I love watching New York Fashion Week. I love watching the Grammys, Academy Awards, things like that. And if you've ever watched those shows, you would notice in the VIP section, there was always a gift on the chairs of VIP. And the gift wouldn't be any gift. It would be this um, release of what was kind of cutting edge or coming soon that the general public didn't have. And so we adopted that same energy and mentality into how we designed the brunch box. So even though we're a company that designs inspirational products and goods, we designed something uniquely special specifically for the Rockstar Woman movement that you can't get anywhere else unless you're at brunch. So it became this, not only this coveted item, but this um, really critical movement and placemaking item. And one of our signature pieces is we always include apparel, this one-time apparel release in brunch box. So what happens is whenever you run into a woman that has like last year's shirt was bet on her, we get messages and testimonials from women all the time. Like I was in the airport and I was in California. I saw a woman with her bed on her shirt. We were like, we both know one another. We're part of the same community. So it was not only, you know, visually it told our story and told the story of the brand, but it was a connector. It deepened that connective tissue between women who, you know, were in different places and spaces and didn't realize they were part of the same community. And then it keeps our message going. So as people walk, I, I can't tell you how many requests we get for that bet on her shirt. And so we that was one tool and one strategy that we activated to say, how do we make this work for us and not against us? And is that that brunch box, is that something that you, whether you were in person or virtual? Every okay. We everyone gets Amsterdam, it. Bermuda, you know, into northern Michigan, everybody gets that same brunch box. So it becomes this synergy and this connective tissue within our community. 
I love that. What a great, great idea for leaders that are inspired by your story, right? But like face their own challenges in building and scaling their dreams. And as you scaled Shannon Cohen to what it is today and the Rockstar Woman movement into the movement that it is today, what advice would you share with leaders who are facing their own challenges? What What's helped you as, as a hope dealer, right? To get yeah. through it. One of the things I maintain is an innovation folder. I think that every founder, every CEO, every difference maker, entrepreneur or entrepreneur needs an innovation folder because we get these zany ideas, these sparks, these ahas all the time. And sometimes if we don't write them down or have some data repository, data tracking method that we use, we will forget these memories as amazing as they are, you know, those loose things we forget. And so I yep. have the moments I know Yes, <laughs> we know that like, oh, and then we're trying to recall and get frustrated when we can't recall. So write it down, yeah. whether that's photo journaling, that's something that I do, whether you want to send yourself a voice memo, capture those ideas because you will be surprised. Even if you can't activate today, that idea that you capture today may be the solution you need tomorrow. Totally. Yeah. So many things that we're activating in our business today that were ahas and sparks that we captured and put in our innovation folder years ago. Great. Great tip. Great tip. Anything else that you would share with listeners that you would say, hey, this has really helped me out and don't lose sight of this as you face challenges in your business? Something that you said just really triggered. I love, I think that every founder needs a build squad. And there are people on your build squad that you have that are team members, contractors, employees, but you also need a build squad with fellow founders and CEOs. That's the magic I love about the Rockstar Woman community. About 83% of the women in that community either are entrepreneurs or by occupational, meaning they're still working, you know, nine to five for someone else while they build, birth, or scale their own dream. Um, or uh, many are entrepreneurs. They're in C-suite roles or senior leadership roles within systems. And so we all need a build squad. And I just encourage people, diversify your build squad. If everybody on your build squad looks like you or they come from similar backgrounds, you're missing out on critical intellectual property, critical intellectual stimulation and creativity that may help open fresh ideas and fresh perspective. And so that's always my hope from brunch is that women will get in this room, be able to build relationships. Um, We don't do stuffy. We do unforgettable. So there's not that social awkwardness that's typically there and they can cross pollinate ideas with other difference makers that act that help them to activate aspirations and ambition and wellness goals that they have. Yeah, I love that. It's the old adage of uh, iron sharpens iron, right? I mean, you got to get around other sharp people and people, like you say, who think differently than you do to help inform where you might go next. Absolutely. A couple of really great tips, right? Get a squad, get a solid squad that can help you out and keep that folder and write things down so you don't forget. Great, great tips. So, um, Before we go, we got to remind listeners, women leaders, of when the next rock star woman movement is happening because it's coming up and you might want them to be a part of it. Would love, would love for Welsh Wire um, Difference Makers to be a part of it. So 
The event is actually the fourth Sunday in September. So September 24th is from 1 to 3.30. We are having a virtual and in-person option. So if anyone is in West Michigan, we will be at the JW Marriott in Grand Rapids. But we always have a virtual option and everybody gets a brunch box. But registration starts now. We are a small giants company. So we act early so that we can serve folks and wow folks with the level of excellence they're used to. So our group registration is active now. So there are companies that send their full teams, Hungerford Nichols, Mercantile Bank, OST, Open Systems Technologies, Amway. There are several companies that you know, Baxter Community Center that say we love coming. We see the impact that it has on our team and they bring their entire teams. Um, so that is open right now. And then individual single ticket sales go live on Friday, May 5th. Last year, we sold out in 12 days. So even with our group pre-sale, we are at 300 tickets are gone. So wow, fill up quickly. So if this, if you've been listening and you're like, I need to be in the room or I want, or even if you are not a female leader, but you're like, listen, I know that the women on my team need to be in the room, then please act quickly. Yes. Okay. And so what is the website that we need to send them to, Shannon? It is rockstar-woman.com. Okay. And you said that will be open for registration on May. Group so for groups tables of ten that is active as we speak. Okay, currently it sales go live on Friday, May fifth. Okay, Friday, May fifth. Or if you're hearing this in real time right now, probably when when this launches, actually everyone should be able to go on rockstar-woman.com. Perfect. Yes. All right. Terrific. I can't wait to be a part of it this year. I am so excited and I'm really thrilled to be able to share your story with our listeners, with Family Business Alliance listeners too. I think it's so inspiring how you've taken a family history of entrepreneurship that's just been embedded in your heart and your life, right? And nurtured that dream to turn it into Shannon Cohen, Inc., a great business and the Rockstar Woman Movement, a great adjunct to your business, right? That, as you say, um, truly deals and hope, which don't we all need more of that each and every day? Yes. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you for inviting me to be a part of the Welsh Wire. And I'm really inspired by the story of your son being involved in the company. I'm just, I think that your act of courage to activate created shade for him. And I just love that. That's inspiring as a fellow um, boy mom. So thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know what? We all got to help each other out, right? But nurturing, nurturing those family businesses is really what it's all about for me. And I can tell it is for you too. So Shannon, we just thank you so much for being our guest today on the Welsh Wire and all the best with your event in September. Thank you. We'll see you there. I'm super excited to have you this year. So it's going to be a wonderful time. It will be. Can't wait to be there. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to the Welsh Wire. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. For more information, visit welshandassociates.net.